Well, hello friends and uh, welcome to the podcast. Here we are on episode 27. Yes, that's episode 27 of the podcast and today we're going to look at the subject of joy. Yeah, that's right. This is the question we're asking. Where is the joy? Bertrand Russell said the three things in life that matter a life with love because we all have a longing for love, a respect for knowledge that really makes a difference, not just any old knowledge then, and an enormous compassion for the suffering of others. He defined that meaning, life, purpose is, is found in essence in those three aspects, a life with love or a longing for love, a respect for knowledge that really matters and makes a difference, and an enormous compassion for the suffering of others. Today we are asking the question, where is the joy? What is the source of our joy? Where does that joy come from? And what is joy all about? Do we have it in our life? Have we discovered the keys and the source of joy and what joy can bring into our own experience? Come on, let's face it. I think we all know what joy is at one level. Joy for me as a kid was thrashing my way down what we used to call Kingsfield Bank on a go-kart or a bike with my brother on the back and the thrill and the excitement, the sheer joy of just uh, racing down there. That was joy as a kid. I remember those occasions oh so well. Ah, fantastic. I remember fishing as a little boy, going fishing one day and catching a tench. Took me about five minutes to land this fish. It was the only one that any of us caught that day. And my word, at the end of it, I was shaking all over. And uh, there was a real sense of joy in my heart on that day. We all know what joy is at one level. Joy is your wedding day, isn't it? Joy is going to the wedding of somebody that you love and care for and celebrating the occasion with them. That's what joy is about. Joy is the birth of your child, that little baby boy or girl, and taking them in your arms and feeling that overwhelming sense of love and joy for them. Oh, that's what joy is all about. I tell you what, for me in adulthood, uh, joy in terms of an experience is, is jumping on the back of a jet ski and thrashing it across the water, particularly if it's a little bit choppy. Oh, the sheer joy and the thrill of crashing against them waves. That's why excitement, that's what joy is all about. And I think we are all looking for it. We're all looking for joy in one way or another. But how are we doing at finding it? How are we getting on at sort of maintaining a level of joy in our life, particularly when things perhaps uh, aren't as on the outside joyous as what they might be. Where do we turn to for our source of joy in those occasions? What are we looking for when life is perhaps tougher than what we'd like it to be? G.K. Chesterton, there's a chap, wrote a book called Orthodoxy amongst many, many others. And in there, he has this paragraph. Let me read it to you. Because children have a bounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. You know that experience if you're a parent. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be an automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, 
but we have sinned and grown old and our father is younger than we ah yeah surely joy lies in the heart of god isn't this what the creation story tells us that when we open up the book of genesis that god makes creates builds forms the earth and after each day of creation the story goes on and tells us that god saw what he had made and it was good and what was the response of god to that goodness joy in his heart of course think about the coming of christ the coming of Christ is mentioned and spoken to us prophetically through the Old Testament and announced with great glory and joy in the New Testament. Here's a passage from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel says that joy will come. And what does joy do? Joy expels fear. It casts it out. Why is that? Because joy and fear are not good traveling companions. No, God wants to bring his joy into our hearts. That's what I think. That's my conviction. That in this world in which we live, where there's so much stress and pressure, where there's lots of anxiety and worry and fear, what God wants to bring into our hearts is joy. He wants to bring his joy into our life. So where is it? Where is this joy? Where does this joy come from? Well, let's think about this for a moment. There are lots of ways that we can stack this up scripturally. And when we turn to the Bible to, to get some points of reference for this, this is the first thing I think we discover. That, that God wants to bring joy through what we can call transcendence. You know, sometimes in life you have to go through the fear in order to get to the joy. You, you have to transcend the reality of the experience in order to get to the joy which is on the other side of it. You see, the interesting thing with the Bible is that when joy is spoken about, it's often not spoken about in the context of life being great, of everything being fine, of having no problems, no challenges, no issues. No. When the Bible speaks about joy, it, it speaks about it often in the context of suffering and hardship and challenge and difficulty. It's as if joy transcends suffering. And maybe therein lies a key. Because joy is not the same as happiness. At least happiness as we tend to understand it. Which more often than not is born of external circumstances. Joy in contrast, is born of an internal state, the state where God has come to transform the heart so that we can see things from a different perspective. Here's a verse, 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, Paul writing, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. So in the midst of suffering, they're experiencing joy, the source of joy, the Holy Spirit. Here's another passage, again, Paul speaking, this time, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 
And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Oh, let's just pause there for a moment. What do we say? In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity, he he goes on. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Interesting context. Here we have severe trials, extreme poverty, welling up in rich generosity, with an experience of overflowing joy. There's something more than circumstantial stuff going off here. This is about transformation of the heart. It's about living from a different perspective, operating from a different position or from a different place. This is about a heart being transformed and a heart being changed so that we are able to transcend suffering with joy. Here again, this time, James speaking, chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature, complete, full, whole. Is that what we're reading into this passage here? I think so. Not lacking anything. Consider it therefore pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because they are leading you in a particular direction. And if you can embrace with a real sense of understanding the direction that they're taking you in and what they are forming inside you and inside me, then we can get to the other side And we can experience the joy. Joy through suffering. Joy is also sufficient for the day. I think this is the way that we need to approach it. Because often, you know, we we can be spending our lives worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen next week. What's going to happen next year. But, But sufficient for the day is the grace thereof. God wants to bring joy that's sufficient for the day. And... Well, let's live in trust for tomorrow. I wonder whether too many of us lose our joy because we're trying to project too much into the future. We want to be fortune tellers. We want to be people that can understand what's going to happen tomorrow when we need to put our energy and our time into what's taking place today. And let's not allow today to rob us of the joy which God wants us to have. And joy is a gift to be received. I think joy comes from the awareness that life is a gift and that we should approach it each day from that perspective and from that understanding. Here's Nehemiah speaking, chapter 8, verse 10. Go and eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And we need to grasp that and we need to understand something of that. 
Here's some words from Erwin McManus. He said, The less you enjoy your life, the weaker you will be on your journey. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The strength of the living God becomes your strength when you enjoy God and he enjoys you. You increase in strength when you live in God's pleasure. Nothing can stop you from accomplishing what God has awakened in your soul. Your strength is the joy of the Lord, not the truth of the Lord or the knowledge of the Lord or even the power of the Lord, but the joy. Your strength is not the rituals, not the religion, not the doctrine and not the disciplines. The more you enjoy God and enjoy the life he calls you into, the stronger you will be. To enjoy life is a sacred act of worship. Oh, and listen to what the psalmist has to say. 28 verse 7. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I will praise him joy it comes to us the joy of the lord is our strength and it comes to us from what the scriptures are teaching us here from the holy spirit isaiah 12 3 with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation acts 2 28 you have made known to me the paths of life you fill me with joy in your presence and a couple of verses from romans first from chapter 14 for the kingdom of god is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit and again romans 15 may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit ah so joy god wants to bring his joy into your heart and into my life as well it's joy that comes to us through anticipation it's joy that works through transcendence do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends surpasses goes beyond all understanding will put a guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Joy through transcendence. And this is a final thought. Joy comes through obedience. It doesn't come through disobedience. It doesn't come when we don't live up to our convictions. It comes when we do. Joy comes to us through obedience. And what can rob us of that? What can rob us of our joy? Well, here's four thoughts to finish living inconsistent lives hypocrisy that can rob us of our joy saying one thing in public living differently in private being inconsistent in the way that we go about our business and our lives that can rob us of our joy living outside of our gift that too can rob us of our joy because then all that we're doing is we're spending our time living in the place of comparison we're just comparing ourselves with other people. And comparison's a terrible way to live your life. There's no joy there. There's no joy in the place of comparison. What we need to be looking for and mining for is the gift within our own heart, the gifts that we have in our own lives, allowing those gifts to come to the surface and living in the strength and the blessing of those gifts. 
What are those gifts that you have? What are the gifts that I have? Let's look out those gifts. Let's hone those gifts. Let's work that craft. Let's go about the business that we need to go about in order to find a great deal of of contentment in the gifts that we've been given so that we're not living a life of comparison with other people. Here's another one. Living beyond your means. The place of striving. This is always a great thief of joy. If we are living outside of our means, we are living in the place of strife. And if we live in the place of strife, we will never experience the beauty of joy. We need to let striving cease. We need to live within our means. Godliness with contentment is great gain, Paul said when he wrote to the young Timothy. And we need to remember that. We need to think about that. Life's not about keeping up with the Joneses. Life is not trying to have what everybody else has got. Let's live within our means so that we don't enter into that horrible place of striving. And he's the final thought that's a real thief of joy living away from God, living away from the love of the Father, the love of the Father that's demonstrated to us in the story of the prodigal or the lost son. We can read it in Luke chapter 15. If you've not read it for a while, then find a Bible, log on to Bible Gateway online and look up Luke chapter 15 and read the story of the prodigal son or the lost son, because in there, in that story contained within that passage, is the essence of the good news that Christ brings into this world, the good news which is transformative for me and for you and for any who would embrace this understanding that God is a loving Heavenly Father who reaches out to each one of us to demonstrate his eternal love. And what's the result of that eternal love? Well, the result of that eternal love is embracing something of the joy that God wants to bring into your heart and into mine too. So may we find the place of joy. May, may, we, may we lay down the things that lead to anxiety and worry and fear. And, and may we find the joy that God wants to bring. May we find the joy in anticipation. May we find the joy in transcendence. Uh, and may we find the joy in obedience just being obedient to the things obedient to the things that that we have um, let's do less comparison let's do less judgment of others let's do less striving let's do less hypocrisy uh, and let's let's learn to find that place of contentment in our own skin because surely in that place we all find the joy that God wants to give to us Oh, and in the words of Soren Kierkegaard, that great Danish philosopher, and now, Lord, by your grace, I shall become myself. And may God give each of us the ability to do just that. So thank you. And until next time, we do another podcast. I trust that grace and peace, oh, and joy, of course, will be with you.